I uh, was in business school some years ago at the Lagos Business School. And, you know, we had a lot of professors teaching us about business, how business can succeed. And I was delight, delightfully surprised, pleasantly surprised, when one of the professors at the end, or towards the end of his lecture, you know, we're trying to uh, fin finalize the classes, and said, and he said, for all of you here that have businesses or you are married, that one of the things that they realized is where there is harmony, business will always thrive. If you're married, where there's harmony in your home with your wife, that your business will always thrive. And it, it looked like after we taught all the we taught all the theories and the principles, he said they observed that over the years that the moment you have like personal problems, you know, maybe with your husband or wife, or disharmony, even in the office, everything goes down. And that explains it all. Because some of us think that success is only based on my ability to do my business well. I am intelligent. I have vast connections. Where there is disagreement, where we have disharmony, the blessings will never flow. And this morning, I want to, you know, so beyond marriage, the place of unity is the place of blessing. The place of harmony is the place of progress. So you find that nations that have conflicts, the economy don't progress. Nigeria is an example. The conflicts we have up north and you know, skirmishes all over, it will affect the economy. Somehow, where there is no peace, there is no prosperity. And you don't have unity or harmony by chance. Amos 3.3, 3, uh, is it Amos 3.3? 3? It says, can two walk together except they be in agreement? Now, that is work. If it is easy, everybody will have it. If it is easy for staff of your office to be together, if it is easy for husband and wife and children to be in harmony, if it is easy for a church to have harmony, everybody will be in harmony. People will be blessed, but harmony is work. Can two work together unless they are agreed? And for those of us that by nature you are a fighter, I want to talk to you. It's going to no, somebody like that, I mean, you have met them. Maybe you are the one or you have met them. That it, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a fighting in you. There's a positive part to it. If you don't know where the boundaries are, what is supposed to propel you forward, you know, you can take 20 business steps forward and take 30 business steps backward because you fight the wrong person. Fight your wife, fight your neighbor, fight your pastor, you know, and then it begins to reduce what you have gathered. So you find that you are not fulfilling your full potential. Some people are like that by temperament, combination. You are a fighter. Such people break through in business. They break through new frontiers. That thing helps them to overcome obstacles. But if they don't understand, you know, where the boundaries are. They now take the fighting to the wrong places, and then you have plus, and then you have minus. Okay, so understanding that agreement is key to progress would help you to walk in it. It's a responsibility. Now, in Deuteronomy 32, verse 30, there's a book I'm reading uh, by this great man, I think it's passed on, uh, Billy Graham, uh, The Secrets of His Leadership. The early chapters, one of the things they said helped Billy Graham's ministry to thrive and flourish was that early on, Billy Graham was able to, um, uh, to value the place of 
multiplier effect of unity, exponential effect. That is, one shall chase a thousand, two can chase what? Ten thousand. That is, yes, you are capable. Yes, you are intelligent. Yes, you have energy. But you can never, ever compare it to when two or three people are working together. So you find out, okay, one person can carry two chairs, but two people will carry more than four chairs. I don't know why I'm making sense. So he, he said that he understood that on time. So the team of people working with him, there's this harmony among them that some people worked with Billy Graham for 65 years. Of course, some people left. But there's some people that stayed and worked for 65 years. So the result of his organization was exponential. Now, to fulfill destiny, to work in greatness, you should by now realize that you alone can do it. No matter how qualified, how intelligent you are, you alone can do it. Now, when people come across your path, staff, partners in business, marriage, you need to understand what it takes to work with other people so that um, where you can produce one, the harmony can multiply it. Some of us have seen that in our lives. I have seen that, especially in marriage. That is one major reason God established marriage. In fact, he said to Adam, I've given you this work, but I'll create what? A help meet so that this work can succeed. Your husband or wife is to multiply your results. Reverend Samadayemi was talking to couples one day and he said, for, sorry for men, for those of you that you think you are so strong, your wife does not really mean much to you. He said, it will shock you that the testimonies you are sharing in church, when you get to heaven, God will tell you you are able to fulfill only half of it. Because the half that's supposed to happen, you actually neglected it. The wife could have multiplied it if you allowed her. The same thing for teams. Unity is a place of blessing. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. I'm praying that from now on, the results of your life will be higher than what you are saying now in the name of Jesus Christ. Exponential. You look at Obama and his wife. The outcome of their leadership is far better than those that did not have that kind of harmony. Today, uh, what's her name, the wife? Michelle Obama is still at the top. One of the first three most influential ladies. She wasn't the president, but you could tell there's a bit of harmony. One is too small to achieve greatness. So when God wants to give you true greatness, he begins to move people into your life. And one of the things he does is to place either your husband or your wife in your life. Something humorous happened when we were on campus. Then I think we were dating, just courtship. I used to study in one hall, uh, Aki uh, department in the night. And I asked this guy to borrow me a textbook. Can I? He said it's in the room. That I, as I need it now as an exam, he gave all the excuses. I just, I, I'm sorry. I just told Bimbo, go and ask him. I mean, I experienced it myself. Go and ask him for the same textbook that you really need it. And she went there, and this guy stood up. <laughs> went to the room. 
men. Amazing. And she gave it to me. Now, it's humorous, but it also helps you to see that no matter how strong you are, there are things you will never reach until you allow the person that can reach it, that God placed around you to do it. It could be as simple as your wife's prayer. That you can't pray, but she can pray it. But when there's disharmony, she won't pray that prayer. Or the prayer won't go. You will go further. You will reach higher. You multiply fruits. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two are what? Better. Take it. So all our couples in church, when you see other couples doing it together, they will be better than you. Maybe that should wake you up. All this fighty, fighty, argue, arguing. I have a, I, they don't understand my husband. They will be better than you. They will prosper better than you. They will make more on the long run. If they are not doing it already. You may have all the excuses in this world, but truth is truth. Two are better than one, especially when they're in agreement, because they have what? A good reward for their labor. The labor will produce better rewards. Verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his. But woe to him who is what? Because you can be married and still be what? Alone. You can be in a team and still be doing things alone. Some people are like that. I'm a lone ranger. You are deceiving yourself. You are cheating yourself. You are stressing yourself unnecessarily. D.L. Moody said, I rather, uh, what's that, ten, I rather put 10 men to work than do the work of 10 men. Let this village mentality leave you of I did it alone. Only me. You don't understand leverage then. He said, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to that person who is alone. When he falls, he has no one to help him up. Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can what? Withstand him. And a threefold cord is not, is hard. So in marriage, for instance, when husband and wife are in harmony, and then their relationship with God is intact, that threefold cord is unbreakable. Anything that comes against them is what we break. Now, if you understand the exponential effect of unity, you now see why Satan invests a lot in war. That's, that's why nations don't prosper. In war, in confusion, in divorce, in separation. You can now see because if these two people work together, if that church, they work in harmony, you can't stand it. So it brings all kinds of, you know, things that we cause division, gossip, hypocrisy, backbiting, hatred, and malice to divide their power. No wonder it said in Psalms 133, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Dwelling together does not mean you are in some people can stay in marriage and not be together, okay? The main thing is unity. Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the bed, the bed of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. 
what, what, uh, stay on verse 2 please. What this means is, the blessing will flow. The anointing will flow. The power of God will flow. It will reach. It will flow. It will not be truncated. It will be short-circuited. Now verse 3 now says, It is like the dew of Haman descending upon the mountains of Zion. For that place of unity, the Lord does what? Commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. So place a high premium on it. I know people will hurt you. That's why they are even hurting you. Things we, especially for those of us married. You need to be smarter than Satan. Because when strife comes, it's coming to steal something bigger. I read um, uh, Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages, talking about marriage. He says, um, in the U.S. at that time, 40% of first marriages end in divorce. 40%. That's many years ago. And I don't know how many percent it is now. And then what fascinated me, he says, 60% of second marriages end in divorce. Meaning, the person divorced one person. That assumption that my problem is my wife or my husband. This woman is better. 60% of that breaks down. Then third marriages, 75%. So he now said that most of the times when people are claiming divorce and separation, the problem is not the person, it's them. Or something they need to resolve, an attitude in them or something. That the other person is not the answer. And the earlier we young couples understand that, the better. You might look at a woman or another man in the office or somewhere and be thinking, ah, I wish I married that person. No, I wish you wish yourself to be better. Better at managing your emotions. Better at managing your tongue. Better at managing your, your life. Maybe uh, things are going to be far better. Let me give some thoughts and then we'll pray. Number one, for harmony to take place in any setting, any marriage or no marriage, any setting, there has to be teachability. Nothing oppresses any relationship like when an individual is not teachable. It's very frustrating to be in a group where sometimes the guy himself cannot listen. Some of us have been there. He will not listen or she will not listen. They only do what they think they should do. There will be crisis. You must be teachable. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I think verse 13. You don't know it all. You don't know it all. Why do you think our president and governors have special advisors? Why? Why do you think they have advisors? The U.S. government, government anywhere, they have what? And the special advisors are on different areas because you don't know it all. So if you have a marriage where either the husband or wife does not listen to the other person, their level of harmony will be very low because somewhere along the line, somebody is just proud, okay? That's the summary of that anyway. He's thinking or she's thinking, I know it. What does she know? What does he know? You have pad and cooned. Sorry. What does that mean? You don't. <laughs> you have pad and cooned by yourself. You have concluded. You know, some people, before a matter comes up, they've analyzed everything. How, how the wife is wrong and wrong. How she's wrong, ever wrong, or how he's wrong, and where she should have done better. Their own is, there's no problem. They, they, the reason why they are, they are angry is justified before the Lord. But the wife cannot be angry, you know. They've justified everything and concluded everything. How great thou art. 
teachability. Ecclesiastes 4.13 Better is a poor and what? Wise youth than an old and foolish king. King means leader. That's why men should listen to this more. Old, that you are aging, does not mean you are wiser. <laughs> One, I don't know when it's Jerry Savelle in the U.S., they brought a, uh, I don't know, I, I can't remember the person. They brought a particular gadget, and he was, as a father, you know, he was struggling with it, and the child, daughter just came and brought the manual. Daddy paid three. The man was still, you know, I know I have experience. After he got tired. The answer was in page three, second paragraph. He just looked at the child and smiled. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Better a poor and wise youth, because that wisdom will still help him to be richer than an old and foolish king. King could mean leader, could mean CEO, could mean head of a team, who will be admonished no more. You can't talk to them again. Can we have that in any other version? So you'll be limiting your progress when you are not teachable. Get other, any other version you can. So as we age and as God promotes us, you know, you are the leader, you are the group managing head, you are the blah, blah. Remember that you don't know it all. A young leader who is poor but wise is better than a king who is old, what? That old king does not, what? Listen to, doesn't listen. Listening is a sign that you are humble. If there be any challenge we've had when we got married in terms of argument, it's rooted in when I don't listen. When people are expressing their thoughts, don't claim to know. Listen. But you don't listen because at the root of short temper, an excessive anger is pride. And the more the pride, when, when the pride goes down, the listening will go up, the harmony will flourish. And when the harmony flourishes, the blessings will flourish. Can we have any other version you can get? Um, so as we, as we proceed on our journey of life, listening, learning, we don't know it all. Better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer how to heed what? Warnings. You might say, me, I heed warning. You heed warning when it's coming from particular people. You're not complete. When it's coming from a subordinate or your spouse, you don't listen. Look, in our marriage, there are things he has told me. Maybe like a warning. I won't take it more. Until it happens outside. When I now come and say it, she just look at me. But I said this thing six months ago. You wouldn't what? Listen. Not once. Not twice, not thrice. Some of us are selective when it comes to warning. Only pastor can correct you. It's a shame. If that's your lifestyle, it's a shame. Only pastor. And everybody knows, only pastor. Even his grandfather, if he wakes up from the dead, he won't listen. Only pastor. What is that? I'm not God. Warnings can come from your child. Warnings can come from those closest to you, your spouse. And hidden warning does not diminish you. It's a sign of humility. And God always promotes the person. We must learn to be teachable. And in church, you're a member of a team, be teachable. Be, let, let others contribute. Let others win. 
build other people's esteem by allowing them to also win. Don't make people look like Agbari go with you. That you are the only genius. Everybody is Agbari goes. They don't know anything. And we communicate that unknowingly. And there's wives that, if you ask them now, they don't even talk at home anymore. The one she said for 20 years, he didn't listen. So I'd rather keep quiet. And the man now thinks it's respect and dominion. You wake up and see it in Jesus' name. Number two area, uh, uh, okay, which is dealing with pride, okay? This pride thing, I, you know, when we talk about it, it's not always expressed in shoulderism. Hmm. Hmm. Grammar. It's not always expressed. Most of the time, pride is exhibited when we are insecure. So we block. We have many ideologies that affect marriage. Some people believe that when their child or spouse corrects them or counsels them and they listen, they are below a man. You know, some of, their, some of our fathers taught us like that. So that... That wrong ideology affects that person in marriage. He believes it's only a fellow CEO that can talk to her or him. But I'm better than you. Proverbs 29 verse 1. Thank you very much. He who is often what? And we suddenly be and that without remedy. They are no go-gree attitude. They leave me alone. I know what I'm doing attitude. The nobody can talk to me attitude. Can we have another version, please? He who is often warned, corrected, but hardens his neck, will suddenly... <laughs> Look at this version. Some people do what? You know, say the man is fixed in his ways. I want to people like that in your offices, in church, just straight. Some people refuse to bend when someone does what? Eventually, what? And there will be no one to. This is how scriptures build our lives. In fact, I go to God to beg him when certain corrections are coming to me three times. You never push your heavenly father to that level to speak through the donkey, speak through the cow, and then the, and that thing. Something is wrong with you. For me to stress you to that level, that this thing is coming, like, ah, they, they told me in church, oh, now my mother is telling me, now they're telling me in the office. You need to be careful. Quick to repent. Quick to adjust when something comes as a feedback. It's very important. We will not be destroyed suddenly. That's why crisis or calamities, it often happens what? Suddenly. But the God of all mercy would have been trying to reach the person. Unfortunately, if you are proud or what we call stubbornness, you will not receive it. And many don't receive it because... They have their reasons. You don't understand my husband. I wish you marry my husband. 
You don't understand my wife. I live with her. Nobody on earth understands. But God that gave us this scripture understands her. Glory to God. Beware of pride so that you can allow others win, so that we can experience unity and experience um, the blessing. And then finally this morning, forgiveness. Forgiveness. I saw a quote some years ago. It says, marriage is a place where two forgivers live together. Forgiveness. And perhaps someone will need that today. You know, for uh, uh, Pastor Bimba and I, sometimes it's complex because I'm a husband, I'm also a pastor. As she says, I'm a prophet. So, according to her, I say, I'm a prophet. Oscillating between that is not easy. Even when I relate with her as a husband, earlier in the ministry, I, you know, the way I will relate to members, as, you know, as pastor member, I tried it with her, and there was conflict. Because though she's a member of the church, but she's my wife. Is it not different? It's different. And she's also a staff. So you can imagine you talk to the staff in the office and rebuke based on the job. You now get home with boxer shorts. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> you have canceled your check. Working with your wife or husband in business requires a lot of wisdom. <laughs> there are things that she hears on the altar as announcement that I didn't tell her at home. I said, ah, you are sleeping with me on the bed. You didn't even say anything. I'm not hearing another one. Ah, I'm sorry, baby. So now I always, always try to, if I had to delegate someone to also send, because the day runs like one hour. But when your spouse is not happy, you can't claim progress. That you got a check that week does not mean things are okay. So we have to learn to forgive people. Matthew 18, verse 33. I've had to forgive her severally. She's had to forgive me severally. Maybe my own is even more. I, I believe God just sent her to me sir, because if she tells you the way my mind works, it will shock you. <laughs> when I say something, I told her, I'm thinking like this. <laughs> even me, I wonder how the way my mind works. That's why all our singles, I pray that God will guide your steps. Amen. It is the spouse that is fitting to you that will complete you. I can move from joy now to the other in one minute. Ah, it's amazing. This um, uh, parable is about forgiveness. And we have a lot of stories before, but because of time. So he was talking about forgiveness. He said, he said should you not have had what? Somebody said Compassion. Say compassion. 
It's key to harmony, especially marriage. Compassion, especially from us men, we need it if our marriage must succeed. Compassion. Compassion. Understanding the complexities of the woman, her weaknesses. You know, if you read, and that's why I say we should read. If you read men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you understand a bit the way a woman is, her weaknesses. If you understand those things, your attitude will change. In fact, you will anticipate some things. For instance, that book says that women have challenges with space in terms of measurement and all those things. They call it spatial intelligence. That's why it's easier for men to park cars than women. When a woman is to park a car, you need the fruit of patience to stay there at times. Have you noticed that? She'll go like, mm, park now. That's why men are better with football than women. Because that needs special in that ability for the ball to come. And you know when it's arriving and pick it up. For a woman, if you play with a, your wife, football, where you throw the ball, the, her leg will move before ball land. <laughs> or ball will have landed before she moves. That's special intelligence. But a man can calculate when it's going to come. Now, if you understand that, you know, I, I, I hope your ignorance will not destroy your marriage. Hormonal imbalance, for instance, is a major thing. When a woman is in a period and she's either completing or beginning or whatever area, and it's every month, me, I'm, I'm, my, my family, there are about five women. I'm periodic, I'm telling you. <laughs> if you know how many periods I face, <laughs> you can imagine week to week. Don't period. Are you in a period? Amen. Next week, daddy. Okay. You are period, period. <laughs> And Dr. D, you need to come and show me what I can be, you know, using to help the periods, you know. Please. <laughs> a woman can get into moods. It's all in those books. So if a woman is playing with you the week before and doing some things, she can behave in one scorn scorn way the next week. And it's the hormonal imbalance. But if you are ignorant as a man, you are a village man in Lagos, you'll be responding with your master's degree in philosophy. You know, what is all this? You should behave like someone with sense. It's because you don't have sense. <laughs> that hormonal imbalance. Ladies, am I, am I speaking? Yeah. <laughs> it, it manifests. In, in fact, you, you might even need to pray for the person. Some get into depression. Some get into mood. Some don't even feel like doing anything. Different things. When you understand that, I mean, you should get to a level when your wife does something. One of the first questions is, Are you on? Or are you finishing? That answer will help you understand, okay. And then you now know how to flow and maximize the season. That's why ignorance is deadly. Not to talk about upbringing. All these things will only happen if you have compassion in your heart. Not that you're a bully or you're brutal. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had what? Pity on you. Because even we men, Jesus has had a lot of pity on us. Most men here will, you acknowledge, there's some sins you commit, your wife did not know. 
and you went to God, cried, and God forgave you. Many commit adultery, not physically, but what? Mentally. You see somebody and you go like this. Ah, Father, forgive me. Don't come back. You know. She doesn't know and Jesus forgave you. You don't be behaving like you are a perfect person just because the person did not know. When I'm in the car, I mean, thank God I'm, I'm a better man now. You know, early days, when somebody's passing, you just be looking. You don't even know that you're looking. Just be doing like this. Amen. To Jesus. I thank God for her. I'm, I, I, just, when, I, when your head comes back, she's very beautiful. I say, yeah. I say, woo. Say, ah. <laughs> That's why the devil invests in media. You find most musical videos, most advertisements are loaded with visuals. You say, yes, yes. You see? say, yes, yes. It's temptations. And most men, as some of you committed, and you committed and ponulad, you know, <laughs> oh, and wiped your, and then you come home and behaving like G, and your wife does something wrong, you now hit her with a hammer of emotions. Ah, may God have mercy on you. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Next verse. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Can we have that in um, KJV if you can? Torturers. So unforgiveness opens the door to torture. KJV says, shouldest not thou also have had what? Compassion on thy fellow servant. Let us have pity on you. The next verse, uh, 35. And the Lord was, and his Lord, 34, sorry, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him. So unforgiveness opens the door to torments and delivered him to the tormentors. You will not be tormented in the night. I checked something in the dictionary because when I saw it, I just want to check. I know this word, but what is even the meaning of torment? If you check the word torment, the first thing here says, unbearable physical pain. So Derek Prince will tell you that nothing opens the door to physical sickness, torment, than unforgiveness and mal. That's why you notice most ladies have a lot of health issues. At the root of it is malice. Fighting one woman, fighting mother-in-law, fighting somebody in church, fighting with the husband, you know, all those things. You don't tell people you have it it opens the door to torment. So I'm having arthritis. I'm having this pain every time. You need to be smarter than Satan. This torment is not good. It says here, unbearable physical pain, extreme distress of body and mind. So you find that those who are given to such things, they have problems with depression easily. You are the one that opens the door to it through unforgiveness. Unbearable physical Pain, extreme distress of body or mind, intense feelings of sufferings, acute mental or physical pain, a severe affliction. So that verse should get our attention. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due to him. Now to clarify it in verse 35, 35. He now says, so likewise, 
So that's what will happen. So likewise shall my heavenly father, Jesus speaking, do also unto you if you, from what? Your hearts forgive not everyone his brother. They are trespasses. That is, you will be delivered or torment us. We will not be tormented. Now, in psychology, they tell you the people that now trespass more in your life are those closest to you. And they are the one hard that to forgive. The same woman or man that will not forgive his wife or husband. Somebody offends the person inside boss. Instantly. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, 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 don't bother. No, I understand. The same person. The same person now gets home. The wife does the same thing. I've warned you. Comes to church. Somebody offends him or her. Apologizes. Okay, I've forgotten it. Why are you bothering yourself about that kind of thing? I love you, man. And they get home and the wife does something and brutalizes the man or brutalizes the woman. May our home not be open to torments. May our children not be having nightmares. May you yourself not be having nightmares. May you not be sleepy and then you wake up. You now hold it. Kill there, kill there. What's it law? What's it law? What is it? It's masquerade. They are chasing me. Some people still have such nightmares. Hippopotamus chasing you. Sometimes it's three dogs. You don't be running. And in the dream, if you see them, you tell them. They don't say, What is it? The dog. The dog. There's no dog. No dog. No dog. Thank you. That means forgiveness is work. If I must escape that, I have to work on myself. <laughs> and the higher you go, the more they offend you. Oh, yes. I have full dose of it myself. And God will tell you, do, do it like this and let this go and let it be. Forgiveness doesn't mean you are close to people again. But you will know when your heart is settled. Oh, you will know. I'm not saying because forgiveness, you have to be close to everybody in the office. No, 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 you have to be close. But you will know when the matter is no more in your hands and you live your life. You will know. If you are having troubles with it, talk to the almighty God. He will always help you. We have a teaching going on on the Holy Spirit now. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this thing that my husband has done is affecting me. Holy Spirit, the way I'm feeling, I feel like packing from this house. I'm just going back to my parents' place. Holy Spirit, but that's not the best option. You have to help me. And you will see how the Holy Spirit will give you a counsel and work things out rather than trying to handle things by your power. I don't agree. This one, we will scatter this house. Ha, and you'll be breathing. The devil will say, we're done. Continue. <laughs> you know what we're in school? House of people are wicked. When people are fighting. Seniors. Ah, one day in the boarding house, two people are fighting. Instead of senior, though, they were telling them not to fight. They were trying to <laughs> to separate them. They didn't agree. They now said, okay, you want to fight, Abbe? You're not going better for two of you, and I'm going to fight today. <laughs> and so they started fighting. And then, you know when they fight like that for like two minutes, they'll separate. Then one, the one was already swollen. Said, ah! Give him back! And then, that's how Satan behaves, though. Husband and wife, I will not agree today. I'll be holding it. Never. Continue. Continue. And I tell the husband, see the way she's even walking away. Can you take that? Your uncle can't even take that. 
and you are taking that with all the money you have paid for school fees, eh? All the fuel you are buying every two two days, and everyone is working like that. Prove you are a man, poker. And they just turn. Come here. The man said, Oh, what to change you? <laughs> this one is beyond now. <laughs> Have I not shouted out of like that before? <laughs> well, you know the person is no more the same. They don't be casting out the devil under their breath. Holy Spirit, take over this person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We must be willing to walk in unity. It takes work, it takes work, it takes um, commitment. But I've stressed to you the value of unity so you know why you are doing it. When we pray together for the church, the answers are always more than my own alone. When we do things in agreement, the output is always better. So when you understand the value of other, peop other people's input, then you yourself will be in the forefront of championing um, unity. I close with this um, illustration. Derek Prince is a fine teacher of the word. He has counseled his pastor now. He died at 88. He was teaching one day, and he was teaching about why some children become wayward at home. You know, sometimes you just see a child turn to something else. When he analyzed, analyzed it, he came to a conclusion that when you have disharmony in the home, rebels will be bred in that home. Maybe all the men should understand that. May your son not be a problem to you in the future. May your daughter not turn to prostitution or drugs in the future. And I understood what he was saying. He explained that place of strife. Because Satan is the one that breeds strife. If you are like that, for years and years, you are fighting your husband, fighting your wife, no harmony, they are correcting you. He said, rebellious spirit, we enter that family, and when he enters a particular child, you can't handle that child. He said he has counseled many people that the moment the husband and wife settle and there's harmony in that home, that child's life is repaired. The thing leaves the child. That caught me. I'm trying to give you more than enough reasons to be humble enough to walk in unity because some of us are fighters by nature. But it doesn't pay. Peace is better than war. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, 